You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Today, the message is entitled Yahweh Waiting, and it's Yahweh hyphen waiting. And that will make sense more as we go on. It may sound strange to our ears at the, at the moment. So the message is on waiting. I have no presentation, but I'm going to share what the Lord has been speaking to me this week and how he's been leading me. Let me pray and then I'll lead you in a prayer. Father, I want to thank you that you are a God who waits and you wait with expectancy and confidence and you wait out of love and perseverance and a heart for us. Teach us this waiting. Teach us your ways and Lord, show us how we can participate in who you are so that our strength is renewed and teach us to soar above the storms like eagles. Be glorified in my words. Give me the words. Help guide me and give us ears to hear and most of all, put it into practice in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's put our hands on our hearts, and if we can pray this with some conviction. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life in your precious name. Amen. So this week, the Lord has been leading me to Isaiah chapter 40. The whole week, and even before that, Isaiah chapter 40. I can't get off of Isaiah chapter 40. I feel like the cloud and the pillar of fire has settled on this passage of Scripture. And so I've been reading it over and over. And then yesterday I began to memorize Isaiah 40 verse 31 in the Hebrew and also did a translation of Isaiah 40 31, uh, bringing out some of the things that may be lost in translation and uh, bringing out the poetry of this verse. So I sent it by text message. I may show it on the screen in a second. Um, and what I want to do is expound on Isaiah 40, 31. I was writing about this because I'll be teaching more in Bible school in, in, a, in a section of Bible school teaching Tomorrow night, I'll be teaching a bit more on this. So I was writing about this, and I was spending the whole day on it, and then Anna brought home a new Bible that she found in an op shop, 
And uh, it was a brand new Bible, looked beautiful. I said, oh, this is a beautiful Bible. I opened it right to Isaiah 40. I said, I've been spending the whole day meditating on it, writing about it. That's for Bible school. Uh, and this is something a little bit different. But I had been spending, I said, Anna, I've been spending all day on Isaiah 40, and I flipped right open to it in this new Bible, so I cannot get away from Isaiah 40. And it is an important part of Isaiah. It's a pivotal moment in Isaiah because chapters 1 to 39 remind us of the Old Testament with its 39 books, and chapters 40 to 66 remind us of the New Testament with its books, the same amount of books as is in the New Testament. And there's definitely a shift in Isaiah 40, which starts off with Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, which is comfort, comfort my people, says your God. So God is bringing a message of comfort to his people. And then that that passage ends, and I'm going to read from the NIV here, and then I'll read from my translation. The passage ends, Isaiah 40, this portion. I'll say a port, this portion of Isaiah 40, verse 31, ends with, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So I want to spend my time just expounding on that verse, especially looking at the first two words in Hebrew. So this is, this is actually my notes this morning. You can see <laughs> it's the Hebrew text. It's the Hebrew text. And, and then I have, and this is a good way to study it. I have little lines and things coming out of it. Maybe I'll take a picture of it and put it online. I don't know how much you'll be able to follow it. You should be able to follow it somewhat. So now I want to, maybe I'll share the screen here to show, show you, and then I'll take it off the share screen because I, I don't really want you to just see one screen the whole time. Um, I'll move this uh, here. All right, here we have. The here we have my translation waiting. It's in the dimensions of an infographic card, Isaiah 40, 31. Let me read this to you. Now, it may sound at first strange to your ears, but I'll explain it more. It is poetry. I'm translating it as poetry. Yet Yahweh waiting, the hope he has, enables them to fly vibrantly. Ascending like eagles' wings, they run without struggle, they walk without weariness. So I'll read that one more time. Yet Yahweh waiting, the hope he has, enables them to fly vibrantly. Ascending like eagles' wings, they run without struggle, they walk without weariness. So, me now unshare this. And so I'm going to talk about this. It starts off in the Hebrew with Vekove Adonai. Vekove Adonai. It's a very interesting construction in Hebrew. 
we often read it as those who wait on the Lord or those who hope in the Lord. But let me explain this construction to you. But let me first start off with the prefix of it, they, which is va or they. It can be said it's the word and in Hebrew. So it connect, it's connected with the verses that go before. So it starts off with and. But or yet, and I like I translate it, translated it as yet. It connects to what comes before in Isaiah 40, verse 30. So what comes before this? Isaiah 40, verse 30. And you could read the whole paragraph, but we'll just read this part. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Even youths grow tired and weary. And even and young men stumble and fall. So it's saying if, if youths grow tired, even young people get weary. How, how about us older folk? <laughs> we're we're going to get tired. We're going to get weary. We're going to have our, uh, our issues, our problems. Yet we can rise above those things. And here I have a picture of, and what the scripture is giving us a picture of, is an eagle rising above storms, rising above problems. And the only way for our strength to be renewed, and then you look at verse 29 going a verse before that, it says, he gives strength to the weary. How does he give strength to the weary? It's because he's everlasting. It's because he's eternal. Olam, as we'll learn about more tomorrow night. Olam, he's, he's eternal. He's everlasting. He does not grow weary and tired. And his understanding no one can fathom. So he gives strength to the weary. Choach, choach. This is another Hebrew word, and it sounds strong, hoach. It reminds me of our word, hulk, right, hoach, like hulk. And it, we have, there's, it, there's sounds that are universal in languages that convey meaning. And this strength that God wants to give us his strength. God wants to give us his strength. So, yes. We grow tired, we grow weary, uh, we stumble, we fall, yet there's a way to ascend, there's a way to um, be transformed, there's a way to transcend these things. Now, I was listening to Dr. Michael Brown talk about uh, some thoughts about the heavens, Uh, one way to think about how, uh, the, uh, the universe is to think about three heavens. So one is the first heaven. That is everything that is kind of under the heavens, the stars, the sky, what we see before us, the first heavens, the visible heavens. Then there's the second heavens where there's spiritual conflict going on. There is this war between angels and demons that we read about in Daniel chapter 10. This conflict that's going on. 
Now, too many times Christians are affected by what's under the heavens, what's going on, our own situations in life, our own pain, our own weariness, problems that are going on, the stuff of the first heavens. Uh, and then we're affected by what's going on in the second heavens. Uh, the second heaven, sorry. The second heaven, I'll say. The second heaven. And we're affected by that spiritual battle. We become overly sensitive to what's going on in the spiritual realm. We should have some sensitivity to it, but we should not be dragged down by it. This is quite important for us to know. So a lot of, so some more spiritually minded people often are affected by the atmosphere, what, what is invisible, and uh, they're not setting the tone. They're more being affected by that battle that's going on. Um, then there is the third heavens, which Paul was talking about being uh, caught up in the third heavens. And this is the place that is God's throne. This is the place where God dwells his rule and reign. And that is meant to be our, our place. That is where we are meant to uh, live in. And it's the realm of the Holy Spirit. We're seated, yeah, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says, we're seated, with heaven. we're seated in heavenly places uh, with Christ. And I'll turn there. Uh, this is also, I've been, I just finished uh, working on translation on Ephesians. A lot of the work will be, uh, come out in the future. So I've been putting a lot of work in, but I'm doing the different editing and, and formatting and layout. So that will be available in the future. But we read how Ephesians 1.3 starts out. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And we know that he has seated us with him. Seated us with him as we read about, as we go on reading in Ephesians chapter 2. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ. So that's our home. That's our location. Not in, we walk in, in this realm, the physical realm, but we're meant to be coming from the perspective and the home of being seated with Christ. Now the question is, how do you get there? How, how are you not affected by the storms of this life and the storms in the atmosphere around us and the, the quote-unquote second heavens, the place where the, there's the battle between angel and, angels and demons. How do you rise above that? How do you rise above that? And Isaiah 40, verse 31, is giving us the answer to that. It's giving us the answer to how we can rise above, how we can experience and live in The highest realm where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, and then we are given a place there too, was blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So how do we, how do we get there? How do we transcend? So we looked at this first 
prefix the or they and. Vekovei Adonai. And here we have this, the participle of kava. Kava. And this is the word often used for waiting or expectancy or hope in Hebrew. The participle of kava, meaning an expectant, hope-filled waiting. Now, the thing that I want to bring out here, and I'm bringing it out in my translation, is literally it's saying Yahweh's waiting. It's saying Yahweh waiting. That's why I have Yahweh hyphen waiting. Yahweh hyphen waiting. It's his waiting. It's his kind of waiting. It's something we must participate in. It's not something we just kind of muster up. That's been a theme of what we've been talking about. It's not something we muster up in our own strength. We participate in his waiting, in his hope, in his expectancy. And so that's why I have And it's an interesting construction in Hebrew, which is lost in the translation. So, ve Adonai. These two words, or ve Yahweh. So we have this which is a participle, meaning an expectant, hope-filled waiting. A participle is part verb and adjective. So part verb and adjective. Uh, and it shows the properties. It shares. It shares the properties of both, a verb and an adjective. So a picture... Uh, a picture of this kavat in, according to Gesenius, is, and you've probably heard this before, is a, to twist, to bind, uh, whence a rope comes from this. I'm quoting him uh, exactly, to twist, to bind, whence a rope. Uh, so there's another picture here, and that is being the Lord uh, binding us to him and us being bound to the Lord. We are, uh, we think of John 15, of abiding in him. So the, the picture of, of waiting here has to do with us being entwined with God. Vekove Adonai. You need the Yahweh strength. <laughs> so it's also this word is like strength, right? So, so waiting is like strength. You need strength to wait. Uh, you need his strength to wait. It's also his love is being communicated. It's his love because we know that love is patient. Love is persevering. It's this strength that Yahweh has which we need to participate in. We need to fellowship in. We need to draw from. And this is how we ascend. This is how we soar like an eagle. It's all based on this Vekove Adonai, this Yahweh waiting. You need the Yahweh strength, Yahweh hyphen strength. You need the Yahweh hope, the Yahweh hyphen hope. You need the Yahweh hyphen patience and perseverance, which is his love. 
This happens when we bind ourselves to the Lord. This happens as we abide. This happens as we fellowship with him. So this, this whole uh, verse is inviting us to fellowship with him. And it's in fellowshipping him, it's in fellowshipping with him that he gives us his strength. This Yahweh waiting is also a posture we need to have every day. That every day we are waiting, we are expecting, we are drawing strength from him, we are praying to him, we are asking him for help. It's a whole posture of life that needs to be uh, practiced in our prayer times, uh, in our quiet times, but also all throughout our day. And when we practice it and when we participate in Yahweh's strength, his patience, his waiting, when we participate in it, we draw strength from God. So it's also like speaking of his love, speaking of his love. You receive this love by spending time with him, being bound to him and his altar, the cross. We know in the ancient times they would bind the sacrifice to the altar. And that's when it would be slayed and then cut to pieces, the blood offered up to God as well as it would be consumed to be a fragrant offering to the Lord. Well, Jesus was bound to his altar, which was the cross. Jesus was bound to the cross and it was a fragrant sacrifice to the Father, but he was bound to that cross. We also need to be bound to the cross, to become one with the cross, one with the altar, though the altar is very uncomfortable because it means the death to ourself. And what I'm saying here is that the exchange happens as we die to our, our own ego, our own pride, our own flesh, our own strength. So we, in order to participate in God's strength, we need to go through the doorway of the cross and be bound to him. So when we're bound to the Lord, we're also bound to the cross. We can never separate God's nature from the cross. And we can never separate our lives as if we're trying to just improve ourselves uh, from the cross. We, we receive this love by being bound to him and being bound to his altar, which is the cross. And we remember John 15, 1 through 7, what we've been talking about. Abide in me and I will abide in you. And that abiding is a place of rest. If we're seated with Christ in heavenly realms, seated is a picture of rest. It's of rest. It's also a picture of authority. Uh, it's also a picture of here is Christ above everything, above the heaven of heavens, you know, above everything, all the drama, all the trials, all the missiles that are being launched at, on Israel right now. Here Christ is above it all, and he has called us to the highest place with him, to the closest possible intimacy with him, which is being seated with him in the heavenly places. So he has brought us to that place, and we need to live from that place. We need to find our seating and our rest in that place. How are we going here? Because we're almost finished. 
So we have Vekove Adonai, the waiting, this waiting of Yahweh or this Yahweh waiting. Now, maybe you can understand what I'm saying here as I read this again, Isaiah 40, 31 from my translation. Yet Yahweh waiting, Yahweh dash waiting, Yahweh hyphen waiting, yet Yahweh waiting, the hope he has. So God has great hope. Did you know that God has great hope? God is really the source of hope. We often think of hope as a human thing, and this is what I've been trying to uh, illuminate to us, and this is what I believe the Holy Spirit is illuminating to us, is that hope is actually his commodity, so to speak. It's his attribute. And he calls us to participate in his hope. So when God sees the world, yes, he sees trouble, but he sees that he has conquered the world. He sees what Jesus says at the end, it is finished. He also sees Jesus reigning over everything in a new heaven and a new earth that is beginning to bud and blossom in this time, but will have its consummation when Jesus returns. So Jesus has hope. He is hope. God has hope, and he's called us to participate in his hope. So yet Yahweh waiting, the hope he has. And then here we go to this next word in the Hebrew, Yahalifu, Yahalifu Choach. Yahalifu Choach. Now, Choach is strength. We know that. Here I translate it as enables them to fly vibrantly. Yet Yahweh waiting, the hope he has, enables them to fly vibrantly. Now, what this yachalifu is, uh, this word here, it's in the hephio form, which suggests that it's Yahweh who enables them. It's the causative form. So you can translate this, you can translate it as, a bit more accurately, as Yahweh enables them to fly and soar. In other words, this waiting enables them, empowers them. He is the one that causes them. It's Yahweh who causes them to fly and soar. Young men, they stumble and fall, yet. (laughs) There's a great, great message. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, we were listening to something about him on the ride here. He's a great preacher, one of my favorites. Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones. He's passed away. All my favorite preachers have passed away. <laughs> and Steve, Steve Hill from the Revival says, that's the ones you want to listen to because then, they, you know, it's like they're not going to fall. You know, sometimes we get our hopes in some preacher and it's like, oh, they're so good. And then all of a sudden you find out, find out they fell into sin. But these guys have been tested and proven. Anyway, we were listening to Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones and uh, or listening to something about him. And uh, he has a great message. And you might have heard other preachers also preach on it. But God, just two words, but God. (laughs) In other words, life is tough. We do get weary. We do get worn out. We are sinners. We need grace. And that, that is why, but God, God breaks through. God overcomes, but God. And that is really the sense here in Isaiah 40, verse 31 of, of, but God 
renewing the strength. So the he feel is uh, saying to us, the he feel form here in the Hebrew is saying to us that God causes us to fly, to soar, to pass over. We need to learn how to fly over our troubles and weaknesses. So this is one of the major points, and I've been repeating it. We need to learn how to fly over our troubles and weaknesses. This happens as you participate. Say the word with me, participate. So this is what fellowship is. Fellowship is participating in. The birds even like this point, right? They're very happy to be here this morning. <laughs> this happens as you participate in Yahweh's waiting nature. You think about all throughout from Genesis to Revelation, he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. We participate in that waiting nature, which is God's strength, his patience, his love. Yahweh gives you the strength as you give him your time and surrender. So Yahweh gives you the strength as you give him your time and surrender. The surrender is like being bound to the altar, which none of us really want to be bound to the altar, but it's a trust thing. It's a trust thing, God. Lord, here it is. I'm putting my life as a living sacrifice before you, as it speaks about in Romans 12.1. Well, this is how God imparts to us his strength. In other words, we become weak. We voluntarily become weak to exchange, in his, to exchange our weakness for his strength. Yahweh gives you the strength as you give him your time and surrender. Participating in his eternal nature now. You start to participate in his eternal nature, his eternal life. And that's one of the big messages of Isaiah chapter 40. One of the big messages of Isaiah chapter 40 is that God is eternal. He's everlasting. He's olam, which is everlasting, eternal. He does not stop. His eternal life. His eternal life continually renews us. So when John is talking about eternal life in the Gospels, here's one of the mistakes that the modern church has often made, is that we think of our eternal life like a thing. But eternal life is a person. I'll talk about this more tomorrow night. Eternal life is a person. It's Jesus. And God calls us to participate in his eternal life. And that eternal life gives us strength and renews us and revives us. And all throughout our walk with God, we need to keep on drawing from his eternal life, which he has put in us, and sharing in that eternal life and experiencing that eternal life, which it constantly revives us, resurrects us, renews us. This is in, in God is a constant renewal, and that's why we need to find our roots in him, be seated with him in heavenly places in our experience. It brings strength. It brings vibrancy. And as I'm using a modern illustration from Choach, it, it makes us like the Hulk, but not in a bad way. 
You know, the Hulk, uh, <laughs> what happens with the Hulk? He gets angry and then, poosh, you know, his turns green and then his, the shirt is ripping off of his muscles and he gets stronger. Well, let's see it in a positive way. This is what happens when we're spending time with God. This is what happens when we're um, finding our strength in him. A vibrancy that is heavenly. That's the first line in the Hebrew poetry. And that's basically what I'm going to focus on. But I'll just bring up the next line very quickly. Which is, they will ascend. Allah in, in Hebrew. Is is my hair okay? No, you look okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. It's only eleven twenty-three. Okay. So ascend. They will ascend. They will ascend. Like like the wings of an eagle. Like the wings of an eagle. So that whole waiting on Yahweh causes us to ascend. They will ascend. And so then we start to live in that Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, learning to sit with Christ in the heavens, empowers us to run and walk without giving up. So then we have, we have that ascending. And then in the next line of poetry, we have running and not struggling. We're running. But we're not having an asthma fit as we're running. <laughs> and, we're, and then the net last line is walk and not grow weary or walk and not be weary. But it's all because of that Yahweh waiting. It's all contingent on that Yahweh waiting, which empowers us to fly and then causes us to ascend like the eagle over the storms. So that we can live in the place that God has uh, legally provided for us in the heavens. We're talking about something very practical, but also quite deep theologically. And I hope that the Holy Spirit is giving you understanding. And this is help, helping strengthen you. So lastly, I'll just read the... Um, the translation again. Maybe I'll put it. I'll put it up, and then we'll hear from Daniel. I'll pray, and then we'll hear from Daniel. This. Oops. Uh, well, I was trying to. I was trying to share it. Um, put it up now. I can share. Hopefully I can share it now. There it is. Great. So here we have waiting. Isaiah 40, 31. Yet Yahweh waiting, the hope he has, enables them to fly vibrantly, ascending like eagle's wings. They run without struggle. They walk without 
weariness. They run without struggle. They walk without weariness. So, Lord, right now we come to you that we would experience everything that we've been talking about and reading about. Father, I know that as I've been meditating on this, you have been renewing my strength. I'm sure I still have a long way to go. (laughs) But, Lord, I pray that we would fellowship in your eternal life. We'd participate in it. We would not live in this realm or in the battle realm uh, where we're kind of being tossed back and forth, but we would live from the highest place, being seated with Christ in heavenly realms. And it's from there that we would sit in authority, and it's from there that we would resist the devil and stand strong. It's from there that we would overcome our problems and see from your perspective. Father, let us know this Yahweh waiting that we're reading about. Grant us grace that we need. Let us leave here empowered and continually remember, cause us to remember, Holy Spirit, this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to hear from Daniel. We're going tag team here. It's not too late. It's 1128 now. Now I'm going to put him on spotlight. He said he was only going to take a couple minutes, but I want him to have as much time as he wants. (laughs) And as much time as he, yeah, as much time as he wants and needs. I'm just trying to get the, uh, all right. So I'm you. Uh, Daniel, once I hear you, can you start speaking and I'll see okay. if we. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we, we testing, can. Testing, testing. That's good. We can hear you. Now, what I'll do is I'll turn you around. I'll mute myself and I'll turn you around. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? That's good. That's good. I just wanted to uh, share, we're leaving on Tuesday morning early, and we wanted to say thank you for all your prayers and support for Diane and myself. I liked what Glenn was saying is that um, what we've been learning and this, this, this trip coming up um, on Tuesday is, is been born out of uh, uh, a lot of uncertainty and a process in which God's taken uh, a journey that God's taken Diane and myself and just want to affirm what Glenn has been saying for the last four months we've actually been learning how uh, the God's the, the process that God's taken us into binding us to him entwining us with him we've been learning about expectant hope and just learning how to wait and abide with him and uh it's been a really, really important time, and we didn't even know whether we were going to be able to go because uh, Di had a very, very bad accident. And and prior, prior to that, I also had hand surgery where I had a bone taken out of my hand. So it's been a it's been a tough year, but it's been a year in which we believe God's been 
been been doing a lot of uh, important things in our lives, and just want to share a little bit that with of that with you. But first of all, I just want to encourage you and thank you for all the donations you gave to the poor, because uh, Anna brought them all across a few days ago, and we really felt very important that uh, Lord, where would you like this to go? And we felt to 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 go to one of our contacts here um, in a in a battered women's shelter and they were just so grateful for most of it not all of it but most of it they're saying that they've got some new clients who've just suddenly lost everything due to uh, violent uh, terrible situations and everything that you guys in faith uh, listened to the lord to the holy spirit and brought um, were just so necessary and so important and so vital for for their lives and their families so thank you so very much but this morning, just want to share that we're going to go to, um, we're going to, the Lord's leading us to, to go to the snowy mountain area, but we're going to go low and we're going to go slow. Um, and we're going to take about a week to get down there and we're just going to go and stay in towns that we haven't stayed in, in our journeys before and the same coming home. We've been doing this for 18 years and what we've been doing is just being witnesses to as wherever God leads us to go. Um, again, we haven't known how we were going to get there and god has shown us that uh as glenn was saying that don't be stuck in your current circumstances but in our circumstances of pain and despair and uncertainty we have managed to roll those things and say okay god you can use that as to feel for the fire for the holy spirit to burn and i had a dream about it a few a couple of months ago about um uh, us, Diane, are actually leading people through these gates, and these were pearly gates, um, and into the presence of God. And 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 then the Lord led me to Revelations twenty one twenty one. It says that the twelve gates over the New Jerusalem are made of giant pearls, and the pearls the Lord said represents um, uh, the suffering that we go through here on earth, and that if we would just let Him take those things and use that as fuel, use that as the building materials that will lead people into the presence of God. So this is part of that faith journey of wherever we go, we want to see that God touches the people around us. Diane has, um, Diane has uh, miraculously made these bookmarks, and I just want to show you one as an example. This one here, can you see that? It says hope. And she's made about nearly 35 of those uh, in the last few weeks uh, to give away. And we've, we're carrying about uh, nearly 400 Bibles and um, just different gifts, paintings, prophetic paintings that God's given me to paint, to, to take with us. And uh, the Lord spoke to us and said, um, actually spoke through, through Diane, because I was really struggling and wrestling with the Lord about whether to go or not. And then my prophet warrior wife said, did God say to stop? And uh, he hasn't. And he gave me the scripture. He says, we are like common clay jars in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. that carry this glorious treasure within so that the immeasurable power will be seen as God's, not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. And it goes on to say, we continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. And that's what it's about. And so um, 
So that's what we're doing. We're taking, we're taking all the stuff with us in faith and stopping for the one. And why did we stop for the one? We stopped for the one um, our granddaughter sent uh, shared a movie with us yesterday. And it just reminded us we stopped for the one because to all of us, the people out there, they're priceless to God. You guys are priceless to him. In John chapter 17, verse 23, Jesus was praying to the Father and he said, Father, you love them the same way you love me. So you, he loves each and every one of us the same way he loves Jesus. That is mind-blowing. And that's why we go. And um, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it talks about Jesus sending his disciples out, his, his followers out to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jerusalem's like here, the local church, you guys here. He says, yes, be witnesses there for me. I'll inundate you with power from on high. Jerusalem, Judea is sort of like Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast in context. Samaria is like where we're going. We're going to New South Wales, Canberra, <laughs> back down there. It's the, the distant provinces into the rest of the world. And... Um, and the Lord reminded me this morning, he said, you know, when Jesus went to Samaria and he met the woman at the well, the woman at the well wasn't looking for Jesus. The woman at the well wasn't looking for God. All she was looking for was water in the well. So when we go out there to be witnesses, the people are not looking for God. But God is looking for them. And that's what it's about. God is looking for each and every one of those people who are not looking for him. And we have seen that time and time again where God encounters people and God is so beyond their box. And yet they're left crying, left so touched that they know that they know that they know in their heart that the kingdom of God has come. And I want to encourage each and every one of you that that's what it's all about. It's about doing exactly that. And you don't have to be a, a superhero. You don't have to be a prophet, a pastor, a super spiritual person. Okay. You just have to be willing because, and to respond to what Jesus has said, go into all the world. And, you know, I've learned a lot about faith. Faith isn't the result of doing something in faith. That's called a miracle. That's called whatever. Faith is the evidence of things is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what does that mean? It means that if you believe in something, you're going to carry it out. And the carrying out is the evidence. The result of that carrying it out is something that God brings, the miracle. And we have seen miracle after miracle in people's lives because we have stepped out in faith. And that's not just exclusive to Di and myself. It's for all of us to walk in. So thank you so very much for listening to me, uh, for sharing us with us in our journey, for praying for us. Uh, just pray that we will have God opportunities with people, uh, that, um, uh, that, and that we will have listening hearts to be able to, and pray for that we will have um, boldness to be able to approach people. Um, God gives me the boldness to go into atmospheres, and to, to see, I can see God change the atmosphere because the kingdom of God arrives. Why? Because I was willing to say, okay, yes, Jesus, not my will, but yours. And that's part of dying, that when you die, his life gets released, as I read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, so thank you for praying for us, for good health, 
dies still in constant pain, but she's just saying, look, we're just going to go anyway. Um, so pray that uh, every day is, has its own challenges, just even the, in the physical. Uh, so just pray for, for journey mercies in the car, with the driving, uh, with sleep, with uh, unity, with sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, and pray for God opportunities, God appointments with people. Pray for their hearts even now that God would start to prepare their hearts to be able to receive, to be touched by him. And that's all we want, to stop for the one, because Jesus stopped for the one. He stopped for the woman at the well. She was just looking for water, but God was looking for her. So thanks, guys, for listening.